0: Just because you're recording the episode of Out of Order and spending more time on editing doesn't mean you're doing a better job. Jamie Ward, to himself. She's kind of crazy. He's a little insane. Him in and G, really messes with his brain. One is divorced. The other's husband is dead. That's why the so both messed up in the head. It's a Silver Linings Playcast. Oh yeah. Hello everybody and welcome to the Silver Linings Playcast. I'm your host Jamie Ward. As far as I know this is the only podcast solely devoted to talking about Silver Linings Playbook the movie and the Silver Linings Playbook the book. I am recording live. I know that very often I do these things and you can hear different noises in the background. This is a particularly interesting one. Right now, I am at the Westin in Atlanta by Hartsfield Airport and I am recording in the hotel lobby. Why at the Westin? Because I am at the Atlanta Writers' Conference. Guess what? Atlanta, that's a city. Silver Linings Playbook was a movie that was about a book that took place in a city. Um, it was also based on a book, a book that was written by an author and I'm at a conference for people that write such things as that. I even <laughs> even asked the question, there was a seminar where there was a bunch of editors asking questions or answering, answering people's questions about uh, the traditional publishing industry for books and I asked what was the place for parody. I was trying to get some information on if they had any advice about what kind of changes somebody should make to an intellectual property that they are writing about to make sure that it falls under that parody law. And they gave me some different uh, little bit of advice. Nothing um, super tangible but also like some stuff that was a little helpful too in spirit. They were talking about parody really needs to be about inspiration not translation and I really like that Um, you know and they're also not giving me legal advice but I also think they are not familiar because it was just a seminar where I was asking a question right so they weren't really asking me specifically about my specific situation they don't realize that's exactly the way I like to do business I am not worried about those things. I mean, I am. That is why I asked the question. I don't want to get into legal trouble or anything. But also, you got to take risks. You can't shy away from that kind of thing. If you shy away from that kind of thing, then, you know, like, what's going to happen? Fortune favors the bold. And sometimes... We gotta be bold, right? The thing is though, it's probably really not about being bold, it's probably about, it's just the stupid project. Um, there is no market for Silver Linux Playbook and the Silver Linux Playbook fanfiction. It's mostly just for me. And that's okay. I'm doing that for me because that is what I want to do and to accomplish so yeah um that's totally fine i do i did i did at first feel a little bad because i'm like am i wasting their time taking away from other questions but also i have asked a lot of questions today and there was a lot of times where people were not asking questions so you know what i'm going to get my money's worth from this conference and i am going to ask questions about stuff that i am curious about Right, um, and this is definitely one of those things. So this is a pretty loose tie-in to silver linings, like we talk about. But this is the journey that all. Oh, authors writers and stories go to it's a it's an interesting perspective getting everything from like the book authoring and publishing standpoint because i'm familiar with how the industry works theoretically from the film side i'm not the only person here that has a background in screenwriting as opposed to books and such um there's definitely uh other people that have had some of the same not not concerns it's not the proper way to say it um, but have been interested in some of the special circumstances at which I am interested in this has largely been a pretty good um, experience so far, I came to one last fall I believe it was uh, well it was six months ago from now so it was probably in November, right? And Conrad, who has been a previous guest and one of the co-writers on the pilot, was scheduled to come with me to it. We got him a guest pass. We got his name badge. And he ended up not being able to attend because he was off getting his... And I'm going to call it an adult job, even though I've got to practice saying... Not saying adult job because all jobs are adult jobs and that's not because they're adult jobs it's only because there's labor laws that keep kids from having jobs kids have jobs that are kid jobs but adult jobs i don't know why maybe i have to go to the seminar tomorrow on imposter syndrome because i keep thinking anything in the entertainment industry or creative industry or any of these things i'm it's not a job And the funny thing is, I I think it is for everybody else. It's like I, I only think it's not good enough for myself. Not because I'm better, but because I'm just not worthy of doing it at a level that I feel comfortable calling a job for myself. But that's really just not the case. There's people who make livings doing this. In fact, the people that do and successfully deal in amounts of money that are far larger than the amounts from things that i would probably consider uh, a job i mean these people are the ones that do make the things that are recreation and yet they're working harder uh not all of them but there's definitely a level of like working super hard and doing so many tasks that it's absolutely just insane the amount of stuff that they have to do. It is more work than I think I'm even able to really allow myself to want to do. I'm not sure if I take these things seriously enough and I do sort of feel bad about that myself i feel like maybe i should be taking these things a little more seriously or getting out of the way of the people that do and have a higher investment of time in them i don't know that's that's sort of a philosophical question right is that not something like what would pat do in such a situation i feel like he's the kind of person that would write a book even though he might not have time, because he might have some conditions to keep him from actually writing a book. But we remember when he was sitting and reading Farewell to Arms, or if, like, in the book, the book book, um, you know, Sylvia Plath's in the bell jar, he got really frustrated with it, and he threw it, threw it in, out the window, this is great because I'm watching people walk around trying to find the social mixer that is supposed to be going on right now. I'm not going to go into that because I can't handle being around this many people anymore. But but I'm going to say this has been fun uh, so far and I have a whole day tomorrow but I'm here to do business. I'm here to do my pitch sessions and get my uh, manuscript critiqued for how... It is, so hopefully I can sell... Not, not really sell a book. What do they call it? Publish. Publish. But, I mean, yeah. I want to make a sale. I want to sell, sell one of my books. I'm working on my second one now. Ooh, and I kind of... I kind of... kind of pitched the one I haven't written yet. But that's okay. Because I was able to write one, but I didn't have to. So, you know, novel writing... Come on. Uh, and... Which I believe is November. Well, we could just have one right now, too, and that would be absolutely fine. I could sit down and do it anytime. The only problem is, I'm having problem focusing. I'm even having a problem focusing right now. I mean, I think y'all can probably tell with how shoddy the schedule for the playcast has been, and I said I was going to take it down to half an hour. Because I didn't think I could maintain the quality of doing a full hour every week. We'll see where this one goes. But here's the thing: Was there ever any quality? There was never a lot of quality. There was, it was for a brief period. There was a couple early episodes in. Which there was some good research done in planning, and I anticipated the things I was going to say, and I backed them up with some of the research that I was going to bring up too. As for as for the podcast late, not at all. Um, this has this is probably what I feel like is the most adult endeavor, but like I said, so there's actually a reason that I need to stop. Saying that Nick and Conrad got adult jobs and I don't. Part of it is that I had a meeting uh, two weeks ago with the production company. I think I talked about that on the podcast. Maybe. Did I know that might have been the time that I got. I accidentally erased it? Anyway, I did. Right? And so I was sitting there with who may be the producer of this pilot and I. Had uh, you know an opportunity to be schmoozing and sort of make a joke about things, and what I said was that my co-writers went and got adult jobs, and in he responds, "Hey, this is an adult job," and I realized I was sitting across from a guy who is managing a facility uh, making you know making movies, doing exactly what I want to do, and operating on budgets that far surpass what I can imagine even the three of us, Nick, Conrad, and myself, would ever be working at. Beautiful multi dollar dollar studio um, with uh, live studio space. It, it was set up as a green screen studio. There was a recording studio. There was an editing suite. There was locations just just for parking, just to be there, right? So, you know, he has an adult job, and it's really not fair of me to discount other people having, you know, treating their jobs seriously. They are their jobs. They work. I do want to say one of the funny things. No, well, no, let me not even go into talking about little specifics about things like that yet until they happen because they haven't happened. Anyway, so I did I did uh, see this project through. We're talking to them, and I'm going back in, let's see, what is today? Today is Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday... Tuesday. In four days. In four days, I have a follow-up meeting. I gave myself one day so that I did not have to be working hard as soon as I got back. That's going to be a busy day because I am going to have therapy and work on some stuff. And then I will go over to hopefully, hopefully, talk about getting a pilot made. And it's going to be really interesting because we have the original director who was supposed to direct it on board. This is the director I want because he is the director that really went to bat for our project when I took it to the production company originally. This is a guy that has uh, is enough of a background in comedy that I totally understand, I, or I totally have faith in, uh, in him, for exactly the reasons I need to, right? So he has a competency behind the camera. I've seen him. Here's the thing: it's not even as much about the directing the film. It's about directing the crew that is operating the film. It is about directing the crew who is in charge of recording the audio, the lights. He can manage these people as they try to make this pilot. Had a good talk with another friend. Ooh, I've got to have... I have got to have this guy on the podcast yes, eventually. Him and his wife. Uh, his, his wife is one of the few people I know that has read the book, The Silver Linings Playbook, and I think she's made him watch it too, and they would be a great couple to interview because I'm always trying to interview real couples. So if you are a real couple and would like to be interviewed, hit me up at Playcast.com and we can talk oh one of the things I did want to go over is that we uh, had okay so I had a whole plan about how this episode was going to go and it was going to be super fun actually I don't want to even get into that other part yet because that will make such a great episode for next week let me talk about being at the writers conference because this writers conference is cool it is every six months and it is just a a meeting where industry professionals come and talk to aspiring authors about different aspects of the industry and what we need to do to get our works traditionally published like I said I already brought up Silver Linings Playbook Uh, and I I was very specific I didn't actually bring up Silver Linings Playbook I brought up The Silver Linings Playbook the book. I don't think anybody caught it. I may be more aware of the titling difference than these people from the book industry, and these are big, big, reasonably, reasonably big name people from the publishing industry. These are uh, several of them. Are the the heads or creators or founders of their uh, publishing? companies some of them are senior editors and senior agents you have uh, regular and junior ones too and i mentioned the silver linux playbook the book and they said if you're writing fan fiction based on a movie now this was not the opportunity to flex my slp knowledge And I don't even have as much SLP knowledge. I would say I probably have, I bet, if we're not talking about people that worked on the movie, if we're not talking about anybody that worked on the movie, if we're not talking about anybody from the industry that worked on the book, but we were only talking about uh, writers, I might be, possibly, and I'm not sure about this, but I would go out a limb and say I might be the third most knowledgeable person about Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book of all writers. And that is a little bit based on the fact that nobody would know it better than the author Matthew Quick. I mean, it is possible that somebody could if he wrote it back a long time ago and then he forgot everything about it that he, you know, wanted two then yeah um, you know like maybe, maybe he doesn't remember about anything he wrote I actually think you know who might know more about I would venture a guess that David O. Russell may know more about the silver lining playbook than Matthew Quick and this is based on the fact that he dissected it I mean I don't I don't know it's a toss-up it really is of course you think a creator is going to be the person that knows the most about something but you know what really I mean. Sometimes that's not the way it is. And somebody that studies this thing, like, George Lucas made Star Wars, but he's probably not the most knowledgeable person about the whole Star Wars universe. And, you know, we're a third of the uh, Silver Linings Playbook Extended Universe. We're the podcast. The The unofficial official podcast. Right? There is a slight chance that if we're just going off of time... I may be the person that knows the most about it. Possibly. I don't know. If there's actively people reading it, somebody who probably just got done reading it, the person who read it most recently in the world, if they were paying attention and a good reader, probably knows it better. Okay, actually, I have to venture out another guess. There may be one other person who knows more about Silver Linings Playbook. At least the book that I do which might put me as the fourth most knowledgeable person about it and that's only only if theoretically I am the fourth and that's based on my guess that all these other people don't know as much about it as I think they might I'm gonna look up that person right now and that person potentially could be is loading it's loading it's loading on my phone it's loading it's loading that person maybe let's see I don't know I am trying trying to find out I'm not I'm not seeing the information I would oh okay, Ray Porter. I don't know who Ray Porter is, but he is potentially somebody that could know it more than me because that is the narrator of the audio book, Ray Porter. Raymond Porter is an American actor and an audiobook narrator who is most li- widely known for portraying DC Comics villain Darkseid in Zack Snyder's Justice League. That's incredible. That's an incredible fact. I. Okay. I'm going to have to pause this for a second. That's amazing. Okay, I'm back. I was in shock. I don't even know how to process that information. So apparently Ray Porter, Ray Porter, who was the voice of Darkseed in the Justice League film, Zack Snyder, apparently he did not not show up or he was not used in the theatrical release of the film but in the Snyder cut which is i believe twice as long maybe or something it was like a 4 hour movie if that i don't know i'm not super familiar with these things with with the DC superhero movies but if that was in fact who i thought it was and those characters were that was the narrator of the Silver Linings Playbook but when i was looking up all his acting credits he has a lot so it is potential that he did not uh, doesn't remember that much. He was in the Sandman audio, uh, dramatization, which is kind of cool. He was Gilbert, Martin, Ten Bones, Wesley Dodds, Hector Hall, Beelzebub, Security Guard, Richard Burbage, Griffin, Mark, and Mulligan. He was in a bunch of things. He was in Modern, an episode of Modern Family, The Mentalist, Shameless, Argo, Curious George. Um, I don't know. Hold on. I can't get over that fact. That guy's name is Ray, Ray Porter. Ray Porter is the audiobook narrator. Apparently, he's got a good voice because he's the narrator on a bunch of stuff. He was a uh, narrator on like one of the Call of Duty or Medal of Honor. Video games. This is not about Ray Porter, though. This is about Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book. I'm getting tired. I told you that we were gonna try to go to half-hour episodes so that I could do work on things I needed to do work on. Trying to get some of these projects to pop off. Oh, one of the interesting things, though. Um, or wait, not interesting. I don't. This is tough because I have totally adjusted my sleep slash living schedule where I am operating on sort of normalish people hours which means I guess it's 8, it's 8.20 right now. So that also means that I'm like more tired than I might normally be at this time. I'm not doing the thing where I am just being up of all hours of the night because now that I'm trying to be engaged in business with other people, i have to be up during business hours is this something that i'm making a conscious effort to do or is it something i'm just physically falling into i don't know and as long as it maintains itself that's fine it doesn't matter because the only requirement is i just have to get the work done i have to meet with the people to do the things so that i can do this for all of this and of course i'm talking about getting the pilot filmed I have multiple pilots, I have like three different pilots I could be working on. We're going to see how this first one goes, the one that we had all the preparations for because I already have people on board. Like I said, pretty excited. I had a good meeting last night with somebody who may come on and be an assistant director. We have the original director who wants to be a part of it. We have a lot of people standing by for actors. One of the big things is that I have somebody who is going to score score it um, and do the music, which is really important because the music music is such an important part of film and television. And people just do not focus on quality for the sound. They don't give themselves the time. well, they don't give the composers, the time they need uh, in post-production and it is considered I believe a post-production task because it is sort of one of those things that gets rolled into the editing right? and so it is definitely something where people get done shooting the footage filming the film and then they feel like they are done with the most important part the aspect and then they just want to rush through the rest of it and get the finished product so that they can make their money back or enter it in festivals or show it to their friends and loved ones all of which makes total sense I get that feeling I have the same thing how many videos or projects have I worked on where I didn't put the time I needed to in editing or the, the effects or the sound or the distribution. I almost never do sound editing when I edit videos because once I'm done shooting I run out of energy and focus and I just want to get it distributed and viewed as fast as possible or ignored. Anyway, I have a fantastic musician who is on board to do this project and so he is very excited and I feel like he really understands what it takes to score something like this. Um, Whether he will be able to capture the comedy essence of it, who knows, but... I think his understanding of how music is meant not to create the emotion but to enhance the emotion of a scene. He has talked to me about it and I think it is really important. Let's look at some of the music from Silver Linings Playbook the movie right you have a lot of this stuff is based off of uh, Pat it goes crazy when he talks to, um, not not talks to. He goes crazy in the in the movie when he hears Stevie Wonder, "My um, Sherry Amor That is the trigger song that causes him to have his episodes, to have his flashbacks. He in the book is triggered by. QDG's songbird I am always confused I think we talked about this way back in early episodes right that it is really interesting <laughs> that they chose a different song between the book and the movie and I'm sure part of that is for licensing reasons whatever that, that they you know well, it, might have, it might have been a film choice it might have been David O. Russell's choice or something or for some reason they felt that visually... I don't know, I'm going to have to do some research on that. I want to find out whether they did that uh, because of a rights issue or an editorial decision by the the director or whoever was in charge of doing the sound for this. Because that is a very specific choice. They had the song. That's the weird thing. I don't know how how the rights are about using the names of songs in books maybe that was how they got away with it in the book maybe I'm actually having this backwards because here's the thing Songbird is just an instrumental jazz song by Kenny G so there's no lyrics and from my understanding I actually had a conversation about this today today so actually this makes all the sense in the world right so that this was going on because uh I asked my question where I was talking about parody, and after that, when the the seminar was done, uh, several people came up and they talked to me about different things that were sort of related to my question, and one of those things was talking about parodies, and then the next seminar, I was talking about something, and somebody wanted to talk... Oh, no, I was talking to a comedy author, and he seems like he might be the only other person that tries to write funny here. Everybody is writing uh not everybody i don't know i haven't taken a survey but generally talking to people it seems like there is a lot of fantasy there is a lot of mystery and there is a lot of memoirs so anyway the person that was was telling me uh this fact that i am about to pass on to you He was talking about how he was saying that the rights of things are weird because I was talking about the concept of parody. And part of the reason I was saying that I had a question and that the internet has not been a reliable source of information on this is because the advice on the internet is all over the place about what constitutes making enough changes that something counts as parody and is protected under parody law. But one of the specific nuanced things that he had discovered was that you can talk about a song, you can reference a song, but you cannot use the lyrics of the song without having to get the express rights of that song. So. This is definitely one of those situations in which they were using a jazz song that was just an instrumental song. And I think that that might have been a case where they used that in the book and he hadn't even even thought about uh, using a song with words. Maybe that was by design that he didn't need to use a song with words Right. Or maybe, maybe Matthew Quick was thinking ahead and he picked a song that wouldn't use words. So if they made a movie about it, they wouldn't have to. And then he found that there was a huge budget because Civil Lining's Playbook w- was a movie that had a perfectly decent budget. I mean, it was like a big, it was a big film with a star-studded cast. They spent a lot of money on it, so they probably didn't have a hard time getting the rights for it. The only reason I'm saying all this is I, I am somewhat surprised because I feel like if you ask me, theoretically, uh, I feel like the rights to my Sharia more would be more expensive than the rights to Songbird. I might be wrong, though. Also, we can think about it this is from a couple different ways. Kenny G might be more protective of his image. He... he is memed a little bit Um, he was a huge recording artist during the late 90's early 2000's he had some big hints in the easy listening instrumental so maybe that was just a case of him you know uh, wanting to not be an internet joke not lending the rights to his song to be the trigger song even though He's done some funny things, too. So I, I can't see him necessarily having a problem with that. I don't know. I don't know Kenny G. I've never thought about Kenny G, the man, this hard. This also, though, does make me wish that I had done what I had planned to do originally on the segment. I, so I, I do want to apologize. If anybody's listening this far, and you really shouldn't. You should not be listening if you did. It's not going to get any better. It's only going to get worse than this. I thought it would be fun coming down and recording in the lobby so that the sounds of the Atlanta Writers Conference going on behind me and about and around would be audible in the background. And instead, I am finding out I am just getting distracted myself. Not e- Here's the thing. Not even distracted enough. Like, I'm not paying attention to any of the things that are happening around me. I'm just not paying enough attention to the thing that is in in front of me. I have my recorder right in front of me, and I can't seem to, for the life of me, uh, even pay attention to what I am saying. So, it could be a case of of the musical rights being more expensive. It could be the editorial decision, like I said anyway i told I told you all that I was going to get these episodes down to about a half an hour we're about a half an hour, and I am probably going to have to call it pretty soon because uh, I am getting ridiculously tired and this can't can 't go on but yeah, we talked about that we've got we 've got plans I still have the all the submitted auditions from Two years ago, when we were soliciting auditions for the roles, one of the interesting things is that a lot of the actors that we had picked out and put in the pitch deck originally probably would not even be optimal choices anymore. Uh, Some of them have aged out of the character descriptions that we were talking about when we were thinking about making this originally. Also, there is an element of wanting to get people attached that are currently sort of hot commodities in, in the film industry. We were explained by the producer, uh, the producer explained to us about the importance of attaching, if we can attach even one recognizable name, even if we can't get them for the pilot, that to simply have their name attached to the possibility of making this project in the future, that would help with investors. Uh, that would help with our financiers. That would help with trying to shop this to one of the studios once it gets produced. If you have any ideas about who would be cast, who good casting, and maybe we could run down that on the next episode it doesn't because there's a there's a certain level that i don't want to go over all the uh plans all the production plans because this is not about the production plans but it could be fun uh because we've we've talked about hypothetical casting scenarios if they were going to remake this movie then you know you can think about At cast, as always, you can hit us up at uh, silverliningsplaycast at gmail.com It is incredibly distracting. We definitely have to record an episode from the airport sometime, too. We are close to the Atlanta airport right now. There is a shuttle from here to the airport. Um, Also, Uh, I plan on going back to Louisiana after I get done tomorrow. So I want to be not staying up for absolutely ever, even though I probably have not taken these things as seriously as I need to. And by serious, I mean, I do take every moment seriously, but I have not uh, prepared in the ways that I need to. I mean, I have prepared all the materials. I've probably prepared more in it is just a different world from the stand-up comedy world. I was talking to somebody earlier. I was talking to a musician about how being at a writing conference is a totally different pool of people than at a comedy conference. And it makes more sense here because there's an aspect where it is... This is a learning environment, uh, sort of like a trade show or you know a big workshop, seminar lecture. There's multiple different talks and presentations on different aspects. Comedy festivals, comedy conferences are primarily about performance. I have been to a bunch of different comedy festivals while they have had presentations and seminars, very few of them have had any significant value on the business side. One of the, one of the most helpful things that you can experience at a comedy conference is probably similar industry question and answer sessions, but most of the questions that get asked by comics is can you book me, how does one get booked, which is basically information that is similar with most clubs, and that is one similarity that the writing conference has that when you have question and answer sessions, a lot of the questions are about the minutia of proceeding through the publishing uh, process getting traditionally published and there ends up being a helpful element where you can find out about the process, about best practices, but then there is also sort of the element where it doesn't exactly matter what some of the answers are because they're individual to the industry, individual specifically and their preferences and their more like attitude or pet peeves or things so it's n- it's not all information that is universally helpful in all situations so you have to sort of pay attention and pick through all the things you hear and, f- and use the things that you find useful the next thing i probably need to attend is a Filmmakers Conference and there is going to be some uh, events for the film community in Louisiana. There used to be the movie movie meetups on Mondays in Atlanta. This was before the pandemic. Now there are uh, no, there still are some that are held on Mondays, but I believe it used to be every Monday. But now it is some Mondays. No, I I will explain some of the interesting stuff that I found out about Louisiana's film scene. Uh, Everybody in Atlanta knows about a lot of the tax incentives and benefits to the film industry that was trying to get Hollywood to move some of their productions to Georgia what i was not aware of and a lot of a lot of people in the atlanta film community are not aware of is that louisiana right now is trying to court some of that business away i don't know if they're specifically trying to poach it they're here's here's how we'll describe it they are creating a competitive environment and currently they are offering even higher tax incentives so when i was talking to um and, I'm, and we'll, call him, we'll call him the AD for the time being because we're probably going to bring him in as the assistant director was talking about the benefits, the, the levels of tax incentives that were, were uh, being offered in Atlanta. And apparently Louisiana is a little higher right now by anywhere from 10 to 20% depending on the size of the production. I am going to change my residency status this next week, hopefully. i got all my papers in order to become a resident of Louisiana, and then hopefully we will be able to capitalize on some of those tax benefits at that rate. I had already planned on doing that anyway because I've essentially moved there. I am just trying to make it official more quickly because I would like to qualify for some of these benefits. We are looking at raising... We we are looking at raising more money for me to throw away on a project that I have ever even earned for myself just as myself we will need to bring in several people, like I said we've got uh, an AD on board, we have our director on board, we have an editor who is also going to do the sound the, the, the scoring of the film I need to remember to budget in whatever budget we will need for our distribution plan, whether that be shopping this uh, in direct talks with studios and other media platforms. I'm trying not to get ahead of myself, but it's definitely something we need to plan into the budget. I'm going to bring in a little bit extra staff to Matt Garth. David Gamble, who was on an episode before, is very excited about participating, even though he is moving back to North Carolina on the same day that I am meeting with the production company to have a talk about their estimate of how much this would cost for us to make. Interestingly enough, North Carolina was one of the places that I had considered filming this, too. At one point, North Carolina had a lot of the incentives. I think actually before before Atlanta developed a lot of these tax incentives, I know that Wilmington was a surprising hotbed of Hollywood activity. There were several shows and movies shot out there. They were one of the first cities in the South that I was aware of that started really building up some of the the Hollywood production uh, level movies and TV shows. Uh, Atlanta has Sonoya as well, which is where The Walking Dead was filmed, Uh, and there's a whole bunch of other movies. Here's the thing. I am looking to take this production I want to take Tuesday films. And yes, that's Tuesday, not Tuesday, even though it was originally supposed to be Tuesday. Uh, The name, not the day. But my plan is to take Tuesday films to Louisiana because I think that is where we can make the largest production uh, with getting the most money back. So if we do that, then we will be in a good position. Whether anything comes of it, that is left to be seen. Anyway, I think we are getting close to the end because I have not said anything. This is one of those episodes where I thought it was going to be great and it was really everything but. And that is largely because this was me being tired and distracted so the whole idea of recording the episode later to be better ended up just being later and not even as good we had such a good episode planned too i should have just gone with that but like i said i have been prioritizing getting this pilot done it is very important for us to shoot it i really need to focus on getting it done because this Podcast is a passion project, but uh, it is not a passion business plan. Shooting a pilot is a passion, but it is also potential uh, work, project. So it is the kind of thing that actually may be useful for other things. See, they all feed into each other, too. But like I'm saying, this is the tragedy of how... How this stuff works in my head as far as planning and execution goes earlier this week I had planned a great podcast episode I had a script and when we actually do deliver on it it's gonna be fantastic in fact I'm really excited for next week I really should here's here's what I should have done because this was not a waste I I called an audible and decided to do this this way because I thought it was gonna be better it ended up being worse my bad my my fault. If episode 98 is the one that I lose everybody on, so be it. We had a good run. I don't think that's possible because I think we lost everybody way before it. Probably somewhere back around 10 minutes into episode 1. Not even 10. Probably 7. Probably minute 7 in episode 1. I would have given myself one minute... I probably wouldn't have even made it one minute listening if somebody else had made this podcast. But we are going to... Do next week's episode will be what was planned for this one it's gonna be so good I had several segments I had done the research I found some articles that had fascinating information about so the lines playbook it was going to cover a topic that we have never talked about on the podcast I mean it is a a topic uh, in which elements of the list that I want to go over have come up before So it might not bring any new information, but it will bring 100% new perspective in a lot of the aspects of Silver Linings Playbook the movie and the Silver Linings Playbook the book. Actually, not the book, not the Silver Linings Playbook the book, not because I'm not talking about the book, but because uh, it is specifically information focused on the movie. But it is focused on the movie from a writing perspective. So it is the type of thing that completely uh, will be relevant also because it specifically is about civil Linux playbook the movie so it will be on topic we'll have an episode again is actually what it's supposed to be this is a podcast about civil Linux playbook the movie and the civil Linux playbook the book and i've never said this before and maybe this is a terrible and a dangerous precedent for me to set now This is not supposed to be a podcast about things that are not the Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book. That's not what this podcast is supposed to be about. It is supposed to be about Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book. Honestly, I think it would be pretty cool if we started being a podcast also about silver linings playbook the movie the silver linings playbook the book and the silver linings playcast the podcast which is us but we have enough content where we could start talking about our content but there's been enough distance put between ourselves now and ourselves when we produce that early content that we might critically be able to talk about our own content in the same way that we talk about other content in which our content was based off of, oh, you know what? I realize right now, though, I'm actually getting tired, and it's not all because... Excuse me. Um, part Part of the problem is I just took an antihistamine. I am super tired, partially, because I was feeling like i was having an allergic response to uh something i don't know i ate a pizza pop okay so that's an exciting thing i will i will make this this disclosure i was here and i spent the whole day in the workshops and stuff and i had not eaten all day Uh, I am staying at this hotel right now because it is closer to Louisiana so I decided I would treat myself to ordering something and I was trying to eat healthier but I decided I would get something fun because I'm down in Atlanta, Uh, I was going to be lazy and order and I was going to be a fatty and order something that I liked (laughs) and I was looking around because there was a lot of different options that I have not explored. We are south of Atlanta, and one of the things I found was a Chicago-style restaurant. Not like a fancy Chicago-style restaurant, but one of the sort of simple Chicago-style restaurants. Um, and so what I decided to have was an Italian beef sandwich. It's covered in jus. It's amazing. I had a couple bites, but what I really ate what I'm very proud I ate and I shouldn't be proud because like, one it's not an accomplishment eating something or ordering something but pizza puff I had a pizza puff I ordered two I'm going to have one for breakfast in the morning but I feel like as soon as I ate it I became all congested almost like I had an allergic reaction to it. Is it the fat? Is it the carbs? Is it the gluten? Is it the sugar? Is it the wheat? Is it the dairy? Is it the meat? Is it just the timing thing? Is it the... who knows what it was. Anyway, uh, I'm beat. And I've got a lot of work to do. So we're just going to call it. Anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. And every week... We'll be back next... No, I, I thank you all for tuning in this week and every week. Nobody's listened every week. And that's okay. This is not the kind of podcast that should be listened to any week. So the fact that it's ever been listened to is amazing. The fact that nobody should have ever listened to the first episode... And that we are on our 98th episode, our 97th week, is actual, is absolutely ridiculous, right? So, we are going to keep doing this every week as long as I care to keep doing this. Um, and I want you to know, my enthusiasm for it has not waned it is as strong as ever in fact it is even i i am more dedicated now to it to it now than ever this is definitely a case of every week that we do this it gives me even more incentive to want to keep doing this right this is about the second largest longest venture you know what it's it is the most consistent one. If you're going to go by the fact... If I need to get an episode out at some point every week... I've gotten an episode out at some point every week... For 97 weeks straight. We've got very close to missing it one week. But I think we got it in on the Sunday. Right under under the wire. Uh, we have gotten and and part of the, qu- the quality is that I used to be lazy and just say if I if I was gonna do it but didn't want to do it I would log on and just do a really terrible episode but instead now I'm at least just doing a full full attempt at an episode be that a shortened episode be it a poor quality episode again though this is where we this is where we did something really good for ourselves Um, if you set the bar really low with not having a very good product you don't have to create a very good product in any of your follow ups but then if you happen to have a good quality episode here or there people get very excited I say people like no but again nobody is is this the moment that I just have a realization of what I've been doing Yes. We, I have a podcast that is solely devoted to talking about Silver Linings Playbook the movie and the Silver Linings Playbook the book. Like I really do. I do, and I host it and I spend money to host it. I put in time. To, I can't believe this. this is ridiculous and I wear it as a badge of honor proudly. I have merch for it I was jokingly going to shop my book The Silver Linings Playbook it, anyway, I can't believe okay, so, you know the deal um thank you all for listening to this part if you listen to this part I know you listen to this part if you hear this part because to hear this part you would be listening to this part if you weren't listening to this part You wouldn't hear the thanks. So it means anybody that is listening to this right now is the intended recipient of this thanks. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Silver Money Playcast. Tune in this week, which you already did, if you did, next week and every week, as long as we continue to keep doing this, which, as far as I know, is not only the only podcast solely devoted to talking about Silver Lennox Playbook, the movie, the Silver Lennox Playbook, the book. Also, I believe we are the longest-running podcast solely devoted to talking about Silver Lennox Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Lennox Playbook, the book. Until next time, we will see you down the road and excelsior.